We are back live at a new time, 9 a.m. Coffee with Coach or Coffee with Coach is today. We got a pleasure, a uh, little treat for you. Hope you uh, hope you caffeined up for uh, these kind of lessons we're about to get. You know, we got Coach Steve Peichel coming on, and we always got Coach Scott Goodale. So two head Rutgers coaches, man, two guys that, you know, they they both build teams that are very similar, similar paths right now, the way the basketball team's progressing, the way wrestling's progressing. Really excited to pick his brain a little bit. And uh, Coach Goodell? Yeah, I, I agree, man. Coaches, uh, the fans have been wanting Coach to get on, and they've been asking for him. So this, this is going to be good. We're excited about it. Uh, yeah, I know you got some really good questions of, of his culture, how he's building things, and what, what it's like going from Stony Brook to the Big Ten. So that's going to be certainly – this guy's a really, really – it seems like everybody we have on is just a good person. But this guy's just a good dude. And when he first arrived on campus, obviously – we connected right away and uh, his vision, his passion is awesome. He's just a really good person. And uh, he's got a pretty cool path just looking at all his stuff and playing for UConn and uh, that's all pretty good stuff. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get him on. Yeah. Uh, he co- he played for uh, coach Calhoun too. Yep. So, I mean, he's got, he's got some probably great stories for us. Um, and that was back in the day and with the big, with the big East. So I grew up on the big East basketball and, I won't go too in depth with all that because I could sit on forever and just yeah. pick his brain about St. John's and Syracuse and Georgetown. Cause as a 14, 15 year old freshman in high school, that's what I was watching. And uh, he was all part of that. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. Do you remember him at all? I don't, I don't. And UConn was just starting to come on. I think probably when he got there with like, I think it was with Burrell and Tate George and those guys and white, uh, they were just starting to come on in 87. I was a huge Georgetown fan. Loved Patrick Ewan, David Wingate, Reggie Williams. So that's who I would emulate in my little my little downstairs with my sister. You know, we would wrestle, uh, we we would wrestle Jackson versus Brick, and then we would play basketball, Georgetown versus Syracuse. So UConn never really came into the fold until probably probably the late 80s when he was there. So it's interesting to see. I would like to know about that turnaround, how Coach Calhoun did that, you know. So it'll For be sure. good, man. How you been? How's everything going with you? Everything's going great, man. Uh just doing what I can still, you know, still training and just kind of hoping some regulations get uplifted and some things move forward here, but uh, just taking it day by day still and doing what I can, but you know, it's been been pretty good for me, you know, just having time to mentally think about my next steps and kind of, you know, you set the foundation for the next, next part of your life after this quarantine. And uh, I just been using this time to game plan a little bit that those next steps. Now there was a uh, there was a, a Zoom call yesterday with USA Wrestling. Um, I didn't get on it, but they sent me the call, so I'm, I'll listen to that this morning. I don't know what was on there, what was in place. Did you happen to get on there, or have you heard I, anything? I haven't gotten on. Uh, I didn't get on yesterday, but they okay. have some. They have some great guys come to uh, come to talk to the Zoom meetings, and they yeah. record they record them so you go back. I think Tony Dungy is the one. Dungy and Peyton Manning were on. I listened to that one. Dungy and Peyton were on. I forget who was on yesterday, but they're bringing superstars on and they record them. So it's like, even if you're not on the call, you just, you got some free time. It's like listening to a, a podcast, but as well as the wrestlers are asking them questions, personal questions. So like, even when I'm not watching live, those guys are asking questions that I want to know too. So it's like, yeah, you just kind of feed off of them. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool to be around those guys. You know, they got uh, a different kind of knowledge with football compared to wrestling. But as we're seeing talking to different sports, man, all these mindsets are very similar. It all relates. Yeah. Yep. And Dungy, Dungy was awesome the other day. And I guess Coach Dungy speaks to them quite a bit, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then Peyton Manning was just awesome on preparation. Obviously, he's known for his preparation, maybe the best of all time. 
on how he prepares and watching film was really, really cool. I don't know if you had a chance to hear that, but man, it's, you know, he talks about quarterbacks, you know, when they have a bad game, they'll watch the heck out of film and, and work harder and work harder. And when they have a good game, they kind of slow down watching film, you know, and he was like, everything was the same every for 20 years or how, however long it was, everything was the same preparation wise. So on Saturday night, it was a good night's sleep, wake up, ready to go at one o'clock on Sunday. So just really cool. And that's kind of how, what we talk to our guys about all the time, you know, yeah, preparing our, for the week. Our sport, I think more than many, most sports is a sport where like a lot, a lot of guys don't watch a lot of film. I feel like, yeah. uh, especially on themselves, especially on their opponents, they're mostly just watching the best guys in, uh, yeah. in the sport. So I think times, times are changing that. And hearing these different uh, pro athletes in different sports talk about how how important the little details are, those little changes week to week by watching the film. Um, I think that's going to impact some of the USA wrestlers at my level when we hear that, but hopefully it trickles down even to college and uh, youth wrestling as well. Yeah. I, uh, I never really, I would love to, and I would love to have coach Pike will answer this. I know because basketball, man, you play, you could play every other night, you know, it, it happens pretty quick. It's a, there's a lot of times it's a quick turnaround, especially in the tournament. It could be, you know, it's every other day. And then like it, it's, it's hard. How much film is being watched? Okay. You may play on a Friday or a Thursday and then boom, you got to play on a Saturday, right? Like what's the, how much film are you watching? Are you going ahead? Are you preparing? I'm anxious to see where he's at with all that. Yeah. Maybe it's advanced scouting. Some of his director of ops or things like that are giving him game plans. Yeah. What's he doing that way? Yeah, is there like a strategy if you got a Friday Sunday game? Do you got to break it? Th- like you're not going to tell the team focus on Sunday if it's a tougher team, but you kind of got to watch the film, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm sure like us, you know, you're always kind of looking ahead. I mean, we may wrestle Iowa on Friday, but I'm certainly watching film on all the guys. Let's say for Michigan on Sunday. So, and and all of our coaches watch a lot of film. So I, I never kind of understood why guys didn't want to watch that stuff. Like I don't want to watch. Why not? It's it's great to pick up on tendencies, but nerves and all that. So every kid's different, man. Every kid's different. So yeah, whatever I've, it is, what it is. And I've been like that a lot in my career where I wouldn't want to watch really a, a guy. Yeah. But um, but to be fully prepared, I think you need to take that in and you need to see it. And you need to be com- if you're gonna win, you need to be confident in yourself with seeing that. Yeah. So. Good man. Well, coaches backstage, this is gonna be uh this is going to be really good. I'm excited. Hopefully we can get him on. There's no technical difficulties. Coaches, uh, I know he makes some good money. I don't think he has a computer, though. I think he's going straight. Bone out. Here he is, Coach. What's up, Coach Michael? How you doing, man? You got? Are you on okay? Hey, guys, I guess so. I mean, you know, I've, I've learned how to get on every one of these Zoom, WebEx, Microsoft Teams. I mean, Coach Goody, man, I, I didn't know there were this many ways to, to communicate. I'm just an old face, you know, FaceTime guy. And, you know, text yeah. people, but uh, it's it's great that, you, you know, you guys invited me on. I got my coffee. I love my coffee in the morning, Anthony. Here but, you go, uh, baby. What, what, I, I, went for, I went for a run too close to nine. I was rushing. I couldn't make it. <laughs> well, Ashnall didn't I, prepare properly. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm, last sure, night. I'm sure Ashnall was running fast, too, Coach Goody. Not, <laughs> not like us. My pace is a little changed now, a little slower than yours. That's Good, awesome. man. So, listen. So, Coach, uh, this just started out maybe seven, eight weeks ago that, you know, the Rutgers fans wanted something. Uh, Pat Cap or Kevin Malice thought it'd be a good idea that we come on and just share really what Anthony was doing, how he was training, kind of how we were recruiting with, with COVID-19 going on. So that's kind of how it started eight weeks ago. And 
here we are today, man. We've had a guest every single week. It's been a, it's been great. We we found out that Scarlet Nation is dying for this. They love <laughs> hearing from you guys, and we've had some really really cool guests. But they've wanted you for a long time, and uh, uh, obviously for obvious reasons. So here we are, man. Nine a.m. and I know you're busy. We super we appreciate it. Just let us know and let the fans know how everything's going with the, with with your family, with the virus, with the team, kind of what you're doing and how it all kind of ended in March. Well, I mean, first, I love being on. I mean, two legends, uh, two national championship <laughs> coaches. That's what uh, we want to try legends. to do with our, you know, our basketball program. And, you know, now that we work in the building together, I see how you guys work and, 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 and the job that you've done. And Anthony, I can't tell you, I talked about you all year this year to our guys because I tried to get them to put down the phone. Holy cow, the phone, you know, Coach Goody, that's the biggest fight we all have. Uh, focus on, on yourself, not the phone. And, and uh, Anthony came in and talked to our guys and, you know, did a really good job of just kind of articulating his journey with the phone. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's what they all kind of go through. And, and you can't really warn them because in high school, everyone loves you that follows you. And then you get to the college level and you got a lot more followers, but you got a lot more opinions and they let that affect them a, a great deal. So it's a journey with the phone, too, as they learn to to grow with it. And uh, I know Gio, you had Gio on the other day. I love it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's awesome. He was awesome. He was awesome. And, and you know what? The funny part of Gio is, too, he's a great student, like, too. Yeah. So he's a really good basketball player. He's a Dean's List student. But he had to go through the journey with the phone, too, you know, and, and just learn how to handle the criticism and, and the different things that you get and, um, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting, but we're doing the same thing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just hoping to get back soon. Goody. I miss my team. I yep. miss seeing my staff. Um, these zoom calls are fine and everything, but it's not the same. And, and, uh, you know, our guys are working hard. That's the one good part of our program. I think one of my characteristics in recruiting guys is recruit gym rats, recruit kids that want to be in the gym, have a real passion for the game. Um, and so I don't worry, like I know they're home and I know they're figuring it out. And I told them, Goody, that they have to go old school. You got to use your imagination. You got to be creative. You got to, you don't have three trainers. You don't have a Gatorade machine. You don't have a throwback basketball rebounder for you. Like you got to go old school in your driveway, you know, find a park, you know, work on your ball handling, you know, find a tree to do pull-ups and chin-ups, you know, like, Love it. I love it. It's, it's how we kind of grew up. I said, you guys yeah. get a dose of what we had to do to, you know, in order to be good. And, and I know that they're all doing it. And, and, and that's what I love about it. Like, cause I know I have recruited guys that, that are going to try to get better. And, and, and I tell them all the time, the team that gets better during this pandemic is the team that's going to be great at the end of next year. Like who can get the most out of this time when, when nobody's watching. And, uh, you know, that's been been quite a journey. But we had, you know, Big Ten calls the other day with the coaches at six and a half hours of Zoom. Um, you, you know, we're really uh, uh, meetings and recruiting, you know, Zoom calls and recruiting. And, you know, we're wrapping up scheduling, too. So we're still getting a lot done. You know, our players finished up school this week. Um, you know, I love my team. I miss them. But we're. We're getting through this period as best we can. And hopefully everyone in New Jersey and all our Rutgers nation, you know, just be smart about this. I'm hearing more and more stories like, 
people starting to be a little lax with this, you know, social distancing and the mat. No, keep the mask on. Like just, yep. you know, do what you got to do to get through this. I know it's hard. Everyone has to sacrifice. And, and I think about the sacrifices wrestlers have to make and basketball players. I just tell our team, it's another obstacle that we got to get through it and you got to sacrifice. That's what we do all the time. So, uh, hopefully, you, you know, all your listeners out there are, are, are being smart about how they're attacking this because yeah. we want to save people's lives. That's what we really want to do. Yeah. Let me ask you this with the Big Ten meetings, because I know Ann has some really good questions, but I want to we should clear this out of the way because it'll um, I know people want to know this and they're probably going to get in our chat here and ask this question. But are you hearing uh, first of all, are you hearing anything different? Is it September as usual? Obviously, that's not September as usual, but September or what we're kind of hearing, and maybe you'll hear this on your Big Ten calls, is Big Ten schedule only starting in January. I mean, I think I think all those scenarios are kind of being thrown around a little bit. I, I do think what people do now will affect when we get back to play and if we get back to school in September. Um, you know, and that's why I say all the time our numbers are going down in New Jersey. Let's just keep being smart about this and, and attack it the right way. But – you know, all those scenarios are on the table. I think, as you know, goody football is really important. Yes. And, and, you know, I really look at the NBA and the NFL and the Major League Baseball. I think they're going to be the beacon here if we can get back to playing. Yep. And, um, you know, I always think, you know, as the NBA season got canceled, college basketball season soon got canceled afterwards. Yep. You know, I don't, I don't think if they took that step, I don't think we would have you know, probably taking that step. So I watch the major league teams a lot and, and, and how they're handling the, the crisis. And I think that's a good, you know, guide to follow for us. But, you know, I want to get guys back when it's safe. As you know, we're all about the kids' safety and student athletes and, and, and people, you know. Um, I want to have the rack jumping again, just like you guys. I love wrestling. Like, I, <laughs> I, love these, I love these other sports that, you know, that I don't, you know, you know, see often and, and, yeah. and I watch I love watching you guys work out and, and you know the fans support it you know it's 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 awesome and and how about Big Ten wrestling too like oh. people, I, I didn't know coach I didn't know before oh. I got here from Stony Brook I mean the fan bases I mean I, I sat in the stands I hear the comments like yeah. these, these people are into it they're it's into it they're, they're into it we're going to win basketball game <laughs> yeah, and we kind of built it, you know, that too, which has been nice, and yeah. the crowd and the following and student sections and all that stuff. So um, we're going to get into the rack for sure. We're going to talk about the rack here in a little bit. And you want to start with where you're at? Yeah, man. Um, talking about Stony Brook, um, you you went there. You know, you built something really special there. And part of the reason, probably, why you were hired at Rutgers is from that journey there. Um, I was wondering more on realistic goal setting. I work a lot with kids and, you know, some of the kids aren't ready to go be a state champ or a national champ yet. And, you know, they, they tell you they want to go do this, but I want to know a little bit about the beginning of these journeys that you go on as a coach. Um, what are some of the go first goals that you tell the team or the kids? Like, is it immediately get to the national tournament? Um, or do you set, do you have a more of a formula where you work, work your way up into that? You know, I, I mean, I think, too, part of it's where you are with your program and, and, and you, you know, um, where you are in your league. I think, you know, every year you sit down with your team and, and obviously a goal in men's basketball is always to, you know, play in the NCAA tournament. And, and everyone at the beginning of the year is zero and zero. Like everyone has that opportunity. Um, what are the players going to do to sacrifice the most? 
uh, how hard are they going to work, you know, usually dictates the, the end of your journey, you know, and every season to me is always about a journey and, um, you know, how you're going to fight through the obstacles. And that's why I think athletes learn how to fight through obstacles. Um, and, 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 and I think it helps them later on in life too. Uh, but, you know, when I first took over the job, I, I was really uh, about hiring a staff and then bringing some respect to, you know, Rutgers men's basketball, you, you know, having a program that could go on the floor and compete with people and, and have, you know, respect my goal, even from year one was playing the NCAA tournament. Cause I think that's the goal of every coach, you know, that plays, whether it's hard to achieve, you know, you know it, it is always the journey. Um, some teams, it's a more realistic goal, you know, than others. Uh, but that's always, you know, been my goal. And in our first year, we kind of had to play perfect basketball to even think about playing in postseason. As you get better with your talent and your guys get better and they work harder, you know, you don't have to be as perfect to get to the NCAA tournament and, uh, you know, our team this year, you, you know, that was our goal was March Madness was 3-15-20. We had that on the wall when you spoke to us at the beginning of the season. That was our goal selection Sunday that night. And, and uh, you know, my goal has always been my three shelves in my office, NCAA tournament, Final Four, and National Championship. And, and uh, you guys proved that you could do that. And uh, it's a league that competes for national championships and plays in Final Fours. You know, so um, that was the goal of Rutgers basketball, even when people thought that was, you know, kind of crazy. Um, you know, it's not so crazy anymore. We're getting closer to those goals. And, and I think we're getting the kind of players that want to sacrifice and work hard enough to achieve that. I want to I got I to ask you this because I follow you. I listen to you. I look up to how you handle the media. Uh, I, I think it's awesome. Like I get in one of those press conferences after a tough loss. And, you know, this I. I wear my emotions on my sleeves and sometimes probably say things I shouldn't say, but it's my way of, of speaking to the, of my guys through the media, right? Cause I don't like to speak to them right after a tough loss or even a great win. Um, so that's just me. That's my opinion, but I, I listen to you, you and you do such a good job, no matter what of keeping it even keel. Now here's a chance. I don't want you to give me coach talk here. I want this to be real. When does it, you're going through February uh, you're going through January, late January. You're going through February. When does it become, or, and I know you'll never say this to the media, you know you're probably going to the NCAA tournament. I don't know who you beat, maybe Purdue, maybe Maryland late. You know you're going to the tournament, but you keep saying one game at a time. we got to win the next one. Do you think, where? what's your anxiety level? You know you're going to the tournament. At least I believe you thought that way. And you have a whole fan base dying for Rutgers basketball to be at the national tournament. And here you go. You did it. What's your anxiety level at that point? Uh, well, you know, I think as you go through the season too, coach, you know, you see your guys in tough situations and games, you see guys growing and getting better. I mean, I just felt really confident this year's team after the first, you know, like 10 games after the bumps that you have to go through after the tough games, the tough film sessions, the tough talks, they just kind of kept responding and, and, and getting better. Um, and so I knew when we started league season, like we were ready. We had been tested that, you know, we were ready to beat some teams. Um, and then we kind of went on a little bit of run and, and were able to do that. Um, you know, I try to keep the guys like on an even like keel. I, I try not after wins to get too high because, you know, in this league, you could go on a winning streak and you can go on oh, yeah. a losing streak and be, and be very good. 
that's what people don't realize. You can lose, <laughs> you know, you can lose to number 13, Maryland, and then lose to number eight, Iowa, you know, and then people think the end of the world is coming. End of the world's coming, right? You're the worst coach in the world. You didn't do a good job. He stinks. We got to get some. I know. We went through a, a four-match losing streak, and a lot of it was at the rack against the best teams in the country. But at the end of the day, I kind of – we knew we had Ashnault and Suriano, Van Brill, Gravina, Grello. We were going to make a run in March. So I kept saying, just let's get through this. But you're right, Scarlet Nation, they don't want to hear that. It's got to be every game. has got to be a great one. And, you know, that's what I love about Scarlet Nation, too. You know, I, I've been called the worst coach in America a lot of times. I, I love it. It challenges me. Yeah. I love their passion. I'm just glad they're commenting about us. Yes. You know, when I first got the job, they didn't comment other than after we lost our first game, the year's over. So so they, they, <laughs> they, they never they, they never stayed tuned after that. And, and uh, so I enjoy that part of it. I try to make sure that it doesn't affect my guys. That's more yeah. – you know, because because it really does affect them and a lot. I mean, they're kids. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. And when they get criticized for the first time, it, it affects them. And I always said, and I said this to Corey Sanders a lot, because he had as big a following as anybody in our program. I said, Corey, 95% of, of the people are saying great things about you. D don't focus 100% of your time on the 5%. Yep. And, and he seemed to do that at times. And he grew with that, too. It's a tough position to put kids in. Um, yeah, you, you know, so I, I enjoy the criticism. I enjoy the expectations. They think we should win every game because our first year when we won a game, they thought it was, you know, you, you know, the greatest thing in the world. Now they expect to win every game. And, you know, I, quite honestly, I do too, Coach Goody, just like you. Yeah. Uh, I think if we play well and if our guys, your guys wrestle at the highest level, our guys play basketball, we can win any game. I didn't feel that way year one. I felt like we had to play a perfect game. Yep. Uh, it's hard to play perfect games. So, you know, we've grown with those expectations. And, you know, I love Rutgers Nation. Yeah. They're awesome. And, 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 and I love the passion. I love that they're fired up. Uh, I love when they go after referees. You know, you know, yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I just enjoy the rack and, and, and the environment. And I think we're just going to continue to, you know, like you, feel very confident. We're going to continue to build, you know, really good basketball you know, teams and program yep. and, and, and uh, enjoy that journey. Love it. Yeah. Um, now that you guys, I mean, the national tournament got taken from you guys and taken from our wrestlers as well. And all the other spring, spring sport athletes and winter athletes in that time frame, but which stunk, yeah. but moving forward is now the goal, the main goal switch from making the national tournament to maybe making the elite eight or sweet 16. Yeah. Well, without a doubt, I, I you know, when, when Pat Hobbs hired me, he said, Steve, you know, it's going to be a difficult job. And I said, Pat, you never mentioned throwing a pandemic in the middle. It was hard enough to begin with. And then <laughs> the league has Hall of Fame coaches, great programs. And now you got to throw a pandemic in the middle of our great run, you know, but uh, hopefully it makes our guys hungrier too. And, and I say this to them all the time too. Um, you just never know. Yeah. And there's obstacles in the way that you didn't even know about sometimes. And you better appreciate the time you have playing college, you know, sports too, because it could be an injury to end your career. It could be, you know, a lot of different things. And, and, and now you deal with a pandemic, which no one has any control over and it takes, takes away your season. So you got to embrace the education and, and embrace the journey, embrace your teammates and coaches, because those are the things that last for a long time after you're done, you know, with your college sports and, and, and uh, 
you know, our goals keep changing every year. You, you know, uh, you know, if our guys come back and they work hard and they, they do a good job during this pandemic, we're, we're now going to play the best schedule in the history of Rutgers basketball, which, you know, Goody, I said, bring it on. Pandemics, best schedule in the history of, the, you know, just – just keep right adding those obstacles. You see, you see how good he is, Anthony. He doesn't talk elite eight, sweet yeah. sixteen. He just he company line. This yeah, guy's yeah, really yeah. good. I got to learn from him. If you ask me that question, I'd be like, "We got guys that are going to national titles. We can win the trophy." I love it. I love it. So, no, but uh, I, this is I, this is a really interesting to me because we had Gio on, and Gio always says, uh, you know, he wants the last shot and. He would kind of look at you, get me the last shot. It seems like with every big shot he's hit, especially late. And I know you could go to some other guys, but how do you go about a kid in the huddle? Because I've been put in a situation where I could beat this kid. Let me wrestle this match. I could beat this kid. And I had a great week. I'm going to beat this guy. And I'll get caught up in it. Where Where are you at with you're in the huddle, 20 seconds in the go, and you got these guys that want the last shot? Like, is it like, all right, you want it, you got it, or, or you know you're going to Geo or you're going – to Harper, where are you at with all that? You know what? The, the, the one part, you know, I think I, I learned a lot from, you know, Coach Calhoun when I played for him, you know, and I, I used to come off the floor and I think players see things a little differently sometimes than coaches, you, you know, and, and, and I've become a real good listener. You know, what are you seeing out there? Uh, what do you like? And, and, and Gio's really grown with me and that coach, he can't guard me. You know, like he'll give me the matchup. Like, coach, he can't guard me. Coach, he can't guard Ron in the post. Um, you know, like, and I like that kind of feedback that you get from guys. And sometimes you hear that from a guy the whole game. And then finally I say, all right, I'm going to run that play for you. But if you don't freaking score, I'm never running <laughs> again. You know, and, and, and you'd be surprised, Goody, the determination yeah. to score that time once they know that. But, um, you know, I, I like that kind of feedback. You usually can tell in the huddles, too. Yeah. Who are the guys that are, are locked in? You know, we play 30 games, 32, 33, 34. It's a long season. You know, there are certain games that guys just don't have it. Um, and then there are other games that guys have it. And, and, and I think a lot of times you look at matchups, it, it's great to have a guy like Gio because I always say that it's not an easy position to be in. you got to be willing to miss that shot yeah. too. And with that missed shot comes a ton of criticism. And, and I say that to Gio, I said, listen, every time, you know, a shot has gone in, the coach gets credit and the player gets credit. But the, the credit is when you miss the shot and you and I are willing to stand up to the media and say, we're going to take it again the next time. You know, like it, it, it's always easy when it goes in and everybody's a great play, um, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. But you got to be willing to take the heat when you miss it. And, you, you know, he hasn't missed no. many. But he's been, he's been willing to take that, and I like that. And I think Ron Harper, too, is a guy like that. I think Montez, Montez yep. Matt, we, we got Jacob Young will take mm -hmm. it. He's got tremendous confidence. You, you know, I think we got a lot of players that have that kind of swagger and moxie. And, and, and now moving forward, I think we can make those decisions really based on, you know, some matchups, you know, which, which I think is great where you have multiple options at the end of games. But. You know, certainly Gio's been a guy with the ball in his hands. He's done some, you know, magical stuff for us the last yeah. three years. I have, I have to think that some of that, some of that stuff comes, comes through their work ethic and practice. Like, I mean, like I would think if I'm with a group of my friends, there's always like one guy that, you know, like he just has that personality, you know, they kind of just stand out. It kind of just like 
I feel like in that moment, there's always just a light beaming right on that person. And it's not a hard, it's not a hard question that you ask. You're just like, yep, it's him. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think too, you know, he, he's learned a lot from losing too. You know, his journey as a freshman, his journey with, with, you know, Corey Sanders got a lot of the media, you know, press and good for good or for bad. I think he's learned a lot. He's really a bright kid. Um, and he's willing to, you know, take that on. But it's all about your work and your preparation. You know, he prepares in practice to take those shots. He, he, he likes the ball in his hands. But, you know, everything's based. In, and, Anthony, you're a perfect example of this. I've seen you work out in the gym. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, if our guys did your workout, they'd be dead. <laughs> um, you know? And so I've, I've seen you do that. And I've actually had some of our players go and watch you guys, yeah. too, which has been a really good thing. And, and, and for them to see the work ethic. But – you know, practice always prepares you to be successful on the court. It's not the other way around. You, you know, when, whenever a player tells me he's a gamer, like I'm like, you, you know, he's not a gamer. It's practice. Practice decides what you do in games. And um, I think Gio has grown in that area too. Like how he practices is really important to him. It probably wasn't his freshman year as he was learning how to be a player in yeah. the Big Ten. We get that a lot, Coach. We get, uh, you know, you have individual meetings with these guys or when you're recruiting them, you know, what are some of your goals? I want to win a national title. Do you really want to win a national title? Let's go watch Anthony train. And do you really want to go through that? And then it's so much more than it. It's not just a wrestling room. It's not the three o'clockers we're talking about. It's what you're doing at 7 a.m., what you're doing at 10 o'clock at night, you know, and it's so much more to it than, yeah. than just shooting hoops and playing hard. It's, it's, it's just a lifestyle. Right. It's a lifestyle. And that's the only way you're going to get to that level. At least that's what I've. And listen, if you don't live it like maybe Anthony or Nick or some of these other guys have lived it, you could still do well. But you're not going to get to that ultimate, ultimate level. You find you see that a lot, quite a bit. You know, I think the hardest thing is and, and, and you guys will agree, you know, when you come into the best league in the country, basketball wise, wrestling wise, football wise, you're a high school kid. You're coming into the best league in the country. You're not just coming into another yeah. league. You now are going to play the best of the best. And, and that starts with practice. And I really believe, um, you know, these kids just, you know, they don't compete like that in practice. They don't have to. They're gifted naturally. The, the practices are easy for them. And then they come to this level where every day practice. And then every time you compete, you're going up against a guy that was undefeated yep. too. You know, and I think that's a hard thing, especially your freshman year. And then your family haven't—they haven't seen you struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, they remember the senior year of high school; right. everything was great, coaching. You know, now you know you got to go through that journey. And I think what made Geo great was, you, you know, you know, it's made him really good. And 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 Ron Harper and Caleb McConnell—they come from winning programs. Uh, but you know, they went through a little bit of that journey. Like, and, and, and I talk about that a lot. I said, remember your freshman year when you couldn't check into a game? Remember how exhausted you were at the end of the year? Like, that's what these freshmen now are going through. Gio, he came in and I won a lot of games. He was at Proctor Academy in New Hampshire. You know, like it's a small prep school, really good, you know, school. But they didn't play yeah. the kind of, I mean, like, you know, when I went to watch one of his games. There wasn't a, a college player against yeah. that he played against. You know, like, okay, now you're playing against three guys that are going to get drafted in the NBA. So, that level of adjustment, you, you know, takes time. And then plus, then you got to deal with the criticism with the social media, you know, so these kids have been the, you know, God, God, God as a senior in high school. And now all of a sudden some uh, he blocks his shot. He only scores two points. Then you got to deal with that onslaught yeah. too. So 
lot of there's a lot of pressure on these kids. And then, by the way, Goody, you got to yeah. go to school at a great academic yeah. institution. So, like, school is challenging. As Anthony will tell you, school challenges you. So you're getting challenged on so many fronts that, you know, I, I tell them all the time, enjoy the journey, man. It's, it's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but it's going to be fun. Keep grinding. Be Jersey tough. And, 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 and on the other end of it, you start seeing it with Gio now. On the other end of it, he's bigger, stronger, faster, tougher, you know, more capable of taking on the challenges that he's going to face yeah. in the next yeah. few years. I talked to uh, to Paulie Mulcahy a lot, and he I actually was talking to him yesterday. And some of the things you were just talking about, like, I was like, so how you feeling, man? First time I talked to him since season, he's talking about, like, no, my back's just sore all every day from the season. Like, just things like you're saying. Like, I'm run, I felt run down towards the end of the year. Like, just not, not – not mentally as, as ready as I thought I was kind of thing. Um, I feel like that's every freshman across any division one, two, three sport. Um, what are some things that you focus on with your freshmen when they come through the door? Are you stressing more mentally? Like, like that feeling that it's going to come um, or you're just like getting them in that culture fit for the team and uh, having them buy, buy in kind of maybe sit behind a mentor or a senior and kind of see what they do. You know, I mean, the great part, like, you, you, you know, uh, they all have different journeys. Paul's journey was a little tougher this year because he was the only freshman. You, you know, I think the year before, Ron Harper had Montez Mathis and Caleb and, and Miles Johnson. They all kind of went through it together. So when one guy was sore from lifting, they, all three of them were, and they could kind of commiserate together. Paul now was the only freshman, you, you know, and so he kind of had to go through it as a freshman you know, kind of alone. And he's the best kid and he's going to be a terrific player for us. He really, he's got that New Jersey tough, uh, you, you know, grind, but, you know, had to, you know, from, from the beginning with all of them, just say, Hey guys, like you just got to keep getting better. Keep understanding practice, keep understanding the physical toll too. You got to sleep at night. You got to get off social media. You got to eat better. Like you got to do all those things that you didn't have to do in high school to dominate you, you know, you have to do it at this level. The, the season's longer. We practice longer. Uh, there's more games, you know. So you really just have to talk to them about everything, social media, all those different elements that go into, you know, your freshman year. And then sometimes they have to go through it. You know, Goody, I said sometimes the best experience is just thrown to the wolves and you got to figure it out, you know. And part of this is you got to figure it out, son. Like this isn't uh, – this isn't yeah. Disney yeah. World. We say it all the time. These freshmen wrestle the high school level. It's it's three and a half months. You know, it's it's Thanksgiving break. And then, boom, you're at the state tournament the first weekend in March. That's all That's all it is. I mean, a lot of them wrestle year-round, but with no structure and, yeah. and club, club practices, things like that. So after three months, heck, you're done with the first semester at Rutgers. That's it. Now we get into the Big Ten schedule. So – it's super hard. It's something we have to deal with. Anthony went through it. It's something we have to – and he redshirted, so that kind of helped him a little bit. But you're right, man. You have to – from a coach's standpoint and a staff standpoint, you got to really monitor these guys. And and then they all of a sudden, boom, you get sick. Now you're out for two weeks and your your body breaks down. So it's uh, – that's probably the hardest part, the biggest adjustment. And not only that, it's every guy you're competing with in practice. Everybody's a two-time, three-time state champ now. You know, there's not – there's such a level in the practice room where that could be hard. And you got to go home on a Tuesday night, call mommy and daddy and say, I got my butt kicked in, you know, me personally, I didn't score a takedown for, for three months when I went to school at Lock Haven, you know, it was, it's hard. So you're, you're dealing with a lot of that. So I'm sure your guys go through it. 
I know Paul used to come to our practices and pick Anthony's brain and watch us and yeah. see how we train. He was mesmerized by the whole thing, but I'm sure come come yeah. early yeah. March there, he was tired, right? He was tired. Well, I mean, there's such a physical part of it, as you know. I mean, think about he's he has to fight through, you know, during the course of a game, you're fighting through like 40 screens or something. And these screens are being set by 265 seven-pound <laughs> men. And, and, and in high school, I go watch high school games. They barely even make contact on any screen. And the guy setting it is a division, you know, eight player. You, you know, like, so a lot easier to fight through and a lot easier to do those. And during the course of the year, that really wears on you physically, even, even for the best athletes, um, you know. And so those are the things you have to fight through you know, as a freshman, you know, along with, um, you know, the academic rigors and, you know, the tutoring and study halls and, you know, you got to get sleep and then you got to get in the weight room and then coaches around you to be in the gym more and to get shots up. And then you got to go to practice. And then we're watching practice film. Like, I, I don't know in high school if anyone even films yeah. a practice and now we're bringing them in to critique them in yeah. practice. So um, it's, it's part of their journey, though, but I love it. And I think it's a big part that kids now that are transferring miss out on the development of, of that and the process that goes into being really good. There's 913 guys, Goody, in the men's basketball portal, transfer portal. It's like amazing for me. It's almost like three or four guys per program and counting. So it's not over yet. And they don't have the rule in yet to transfer immediately, which will, which will add more. But I say, you guys just started That's the hard part of the journey. Like, just stay the course, enjoy the process. Like, good things happen. If you keep plugging through it, you can't, you know, adversity hits, you can't run. You know, in life, you can't run, you know. And, 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 and that's what I love about our guys. They've embraced, like, Miles lost 45 pounds, you know, his freshman year. He wasn't yep. really ready. We redshirted him. He took advantage of the redshirt year. He lost 45, 50 pounds. Now he's one of the best yeah. big guys in the league. You know, but he fought through not playing. He fought through losing weight, getting in better shape. And now the, the results are paying off, you, you know. So the journey that these guys are all on is exciting. If they just stay, stay the course, the process, stay, stay the, the course. course. The biggest frustration yeah. to me is any type of adversity, they just pick up and go. It's so easy now to just pick up and go. And uh, in some aspects, I get it. In some, I just, you have to fight through that. It makes you so much better. Yeah. Yeah, it makes the winning work. Oh, yeah. You know, the adversity we went through the first two years for Gio made the winning. After the Purdue game, if you ever want to see happiness and truly a, a locker room that's committed, and, you know, we go into that game, we have been going to Purdue and we have been getting slapped around the gym. Like, the, as soon as the jump ball went up, the game was over. And it's by far, everyone talks about, you know, Michigan State's great, all the – all the venues in the league are so What's hard the toughest to one? Out. What's the but toughest one, Purdue? Bar none. Purdue. Bar none. Purdue is the hardest place to play. Their fans are on you. They are packed. They sell out every game. They're there early. Um, they're educated. They're, uh, I mean, really loud. You cannot call out a play. Goody, I, I call out a play, and I got 20 students <laughs> shouting while I'm trying to call out the play. Yeah. So no one can hear me. And, and – and as soon as I start talking, they start screaming. And, the, and and it's like the most frustrating thing my first year. And then I had to start, like, we got to make signs up because no one's listening. <laughs> and no one can hear me. I lose my voice at about the 10-minute mark. And, and, and their fans are unbelievable. And, and 
we go into that place needing to win a game on the road and, uh, you know, we pull it off in overtime on senior night when we've been losing to that team by plus a thousand, it seemed like, you, you know, and uh, the locker room afterwards, these guys, and I said, it wasn't that game. It was the whole year of working to achieve that one moment of, you know, putting us over the top and, um, you know, feel really saw good. It. We, we know, saw we the highlights. We saw it. And I place. think a couple of days later, we had the same type celebration in the locker room. You were having fun getting doused with water, dancing yeah. around. I'm thinking, man, that's got to be the best feeling ever, going to Mackey Arena. And then I think you ended up beating Maryland a couple of days yeah. later. Is that correct? Yeah, right yeah, before, okay, right that, before that. So you knew right then we're in the tournament. Yeah, and I just saw the way those guys yeah. responded to you walking in the locker room. It was awesome. And uh, I think we lost Anthony here, but I'm sure he'll get back on. Here's what I, I wanted to ask you. Um, this is more personal. This is individual. Now I want to hear about you specifically. Was this always a – was it always a career goal? I mean, obviously, growing up, and I'm a huge college basketball fan, and I have some pretty good stuff from Karnaseka, Bayheim, Calhoun, Thompson, Raleigh, all those great coaches, because that's what I followed growing up. But for you specifically, was it always a goal? You knew you were going to coach, right? And it, it started UConn assistant. Wesley and I saw us all over the place. And then Stony Brook. And was it always a goal to get either to the Big Ten or the ACC? Was that your professional goal? You, you, you know, um, when I played at, at Connecticut, we were overtime against Duke from getting to a final four. So Christian later hit Christian Leitner hits a shot at Duke. Um, I was a captain uh, uh, along with another New Jersey guy, Tate George uh, on a team. And we were going to do something that UConn had never done up until that point. We already won the big East for the first time and then had a chance to, you know, go there. And, and a dream of mine has always been, I was like two seconds. So you were, you were on that team, right? Where Leitner hits that shot. Yeah, unfortunately, I, yeah, even... I was on that team. Fortunately, I was on that team. But unfortunately, that night, Leitner hits that shot from yep. coming out of bounds. Uh, unbelievable play he makes. Another guy in the games, guy that won a lot of games for us, for Duke. Um, but, yeah, we were yep. in New Jersey, too. Meadowlands. We were at the Meadowlands. So um, it kind of comes full circle that I'm at Rutgers, you, you, you know. And uh, uh, one of the, it was probably one of the most disappointing you know, when you're that close to going to a Final Four for the first time in school history and yep. you're a captain of a team, you know, playing for a Hall of Fame coach, he, he hadn't gotten into the Hall of Fame at that time. He was still building. You know, that was the first part of his build. And, and uh, uh, you know, that was probably like, you know, when I got into coaching, I said, boy, man, I want to play in a Final Four. You know, like that would be my ultimate dream, win a national championship, play for a Final Four. And, you know, I was very happy actually at Stony Brook, you know, building a really good program, you know, mid-major power. Um, but I just had that, you know, had that urge to, I want to win a national championship playing a final four. And, and luckily Pat Hobbs, you, you know, called and, you know, we really talked because it was, you know, I had a really good situation. My family was happy. We lived on the water in Long Island. It was really Stony Brook's an incredible university, Twenty. 2,000 students, has a hospital, a university, cancer center, all these, you know, great things. We just built a brand new arena there. We were, we were really uh, a power in that league. Um, and, you know, I sat down with Pat and I really, I went over his roster. I talked to him a lot. We had our two best players were from New Jersey. So yeah. I recruited New Jersey my whole life. Um, I said to Pat, listen, 
I'm going to build it. I'm going to, you know, it's going to take time. You know, he knew the program wasn't in great shape. And I said, I, 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 you know, I don't cheat. I'm going to do it the right way. I said, you know, I was really in a good place. Like if you, if you want that, that's what I want. He reached across the table and said, that's what he wanted. And I'm honored that he gave me the opportunity. Um, and I've tried to really work hard just as you have Goody, in four years to make this a program that people can be proud of and do it the right way. And, I think Gio's a Dean's List student, Miles Johnson, Dean's List student, Akwazi Yaboa, one of the best students maybe we've ever had. Joey Downs uh, won the Chancellor Award the other day. Um, he's going out to LMU to make movies. And, uh, you know, we got great kids. Jacob Young is going to graduate here uh, in the summertime, you know, and, and uh, Caleb McConnell and Montez Mathis, who's got a 3.0 grade point average. Like, you know, just trying to build. Well, you're doing it, coach. And, you're doing it. There's no family. doubt about it, man. It's been it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome to be in the same building to see it. Uh, it's great. We, basketball. We need to win. I always told I told, you know, I've been with five athletic or four athletic directors and I've told every single one of them basketball and football need to win. We need and we got the guys now to do it and uh, the coaches to do it. And it's super. It's pumped. Right. And I mean, it's it's, it's everybody's pumped up. And yeah. There's nothing like going to the rack, watching a great college basketball game. I love it. I love being in the garden. Uh, we're sports fans. You know, we're sports fans. And this is what I always dreamed Rutgers was going to be. Great football, great basketball. And, and we'll win some matches as well. We'll do our part and win some bouts and have some champs. And But uh, we enjoy watching it, right, Ant? Yeah, man, I love it. I came to Rutgers. I mean, like as a kid, I my dad had season tickets to the football games when they stunk. And they didn't even have that student section there. It was just grass. Um, so I've been a diehard sport Rutgers sports fan forever. And, um, I even went to basketball games when I was a kid, when the men's team was probably a little bit better than when coach just started taking over his team. That was in like the early two thousands. And then I didn't go to a game since I really didn't go to any, my college career. And then to be able to go, uh, to a couple this year, man, it was just so awesome. I, I'm like hooked. I wanted to buy season tickets this year, um, <laughs> but the atmosphere, like, I mean, they, people ask me all the time, like, is basketball louder when Gio made that one shot or uh, the Kolodzik match when I wrestled at Princeton. And like, for me as a wrestler, like, I don't really, like, I noticed the sounds, but you don't notice how loud. And it's like, the ba I got to say basketball is pretty loud. Like I would think that's louder. <laughs> well, I think like you said, uh, great to have coach Gianna, uh, you know, involved. And then Goody, I just think in our building at one point yeah. this year, three teams were ranked. You were ranked women basketball we got a hall of fame women's basketball coach yeah uh, she's awesome she's gonna do a great job in gymnastics just in our building yeah just mm -hmm. there's so many good things going on you know at Rutgers it's too bad this pandemic kind of slow we had a tremendous amount of momentum Pat's building new buildings I mean uh, obviously our practice facility is a game changer too and, and that helps all of us like it takes you know those facilities yeah. help us get some good recruits um yeah. you know and the momentum of all the programs but I'm excited about football. I'm hoping like heck we're playing in September. The place is going to be jumping too with recruits there and all that stuff, that, that kind of sure. energy and excitement, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I got one more. But. I got one more serious one. I'm sure Anthony has one more. And then I got some good fun ones I want to hear from you, but this is a pretty, this is a serious one. Cause I'm, I'm curious. My sister's a high school basketball coach, very successful program. Her girls get recruited. Um, but a lot of this is AAU now. A lot of this is club teams. A lot of this is how are you handling AAU coaches? Uh, for wrestling, it's it's club coaches. But high school coaches 
for the most part, have all wrestled and have a really good wrestling IQ and, and could tell you flat out, this is a, this is a kid who could wrestle at this level. Uh, high school coaches can do that. Is it more AAU with you and how are you handling, you know, the Adidas deals, the Nike deals, the Reba, whatever the deal is, uh, the agents, all that. I, I'm so curious about this. <laughs> There's sure. a lot of agendas out there, certainly in the recruiting. And I'm just disappointed that because of the pandemic, we were lined up kids to visit. I mean, we have such a good facility now to show people like this was our time to really utilize that facility and show people what Rutgers basketball is. And so we haven't been able to have anyone on for visits. But, you know, it's, it's like anything. I'm just mm-hmm. very thankful. I had a great staff. So Brandon Knight, Carl Hobbs, um, you know, Steve Haynes, Shoes Vitrone. Um, we know a lot of people. We do a lot through film now. So if there's a young kid I haven't watched, I could pull up film on YouTube and, you know, I could get a chance to evaluate them and, and what have you. But, Goody, I want kids to come and, and see the campus. I want them to watch us practice. I want them to see me in action with the guys. I want them to see our weight room guy work because I want getting kids into. to know yep. what they're kind of getting into. And I think kids are virtually committing, yeah. haven't even visited schools right now. I mean, I just don't see how that's going to, not put them in the transfer portal, like, you know, and, and, uh, and so, you know, I miss that part of it because I want them to yeah. know what they're getting. And like, we, we signed, you know, a, a, a great player out of New Jersey and a great kid, uh, Cliff and, and, and big Cliff had come to our campus a bunch of times, you know, he saw us in the weight room, he saw us play, he saw us after wins, losses, you know, he has like a good feel. And I love the fact that, chose us and and new jersey as i love all the freshmen that chose us we got a kid from california that chose us moat mag is going to be good we have a kid from sweden who chose us oscar palmquest and then we have a kid from new north carolina dean rebro chose us. Sure. but they knew the program they, they had been on campus multiple times so this has been a little bit more challenging you know to me but but i also feel like you know everyone's going through the same battle and as long as these people are safe and not traveling, that's probably a good thing. But, uh, it, it, you know, we got to continue to do what we do. And our, my assistants trust them a lot, and they know what I want in players. Um, so they do a good job of vetting, you know, kids before I get to them. And, and, and I've seen a lot of them, too, especially the local kids. I know the local kids. And, you know, I've been able to get out before this pandemic and see, you know, a lot of the younger kids. So we're hopeful that we're building a nice, you know, resume to, yeah. to try to How, keep some of those like guys you're around. Very, um, you're a very tactical coach um, in the way that it seems like you recruit the culture you're looking for in the kids, how they work. Um, what are some of the things that you're doing during this time to find these recruit, these next recruits, these next legends of Rutgers? Um, or like, I don't know, it yeah. kind of sounded like you hinted at, like you might not be doing anything right now. You might just be waiting for this to pass. Well, I mean, I think you got to be smart, too. We're doing a lot of Zoom calls and all those things with families and parents and stuff. Um, I think you got to be smart how you put your roster together, too. You know, I, I really, um, you know, I really believe that. You need a certain amount of kids. You know, you can only play so many in, in basketball. And um, we have 12 scholarships right now. We have one open and everyone all, okay, you got to recruit this kid. You got to recruit that kid. No, no, no. You know, sometimes you bring in too many guys, then guys, people leave. You can't please... You, you know, everyone. So you got to be really smart how you use your scholarships. This year I used 11 scholarships. And um, one of the greatest days of the year was when I was able to give Joey Downs a scholarship, one of our walk-on guys. I think that was great for our team. It, he's been great for 
us. I mean, his sacrifices and all the different things he did were great. And then we had a scholarship left over, you know, for a high school kid who came in the middle of his high school year. He had already graduated and, and Oscar Palmquest. And he got wow. to practice with us for two months before, you know, before. So now he'll be a freshman next year, but he's already got like a pretty good feel for our system and stuff. And, and so I think we were really, you know, smart how we did that because it's very hard nowadays Everyone wants to play every minute of every game. It's really hard um, to do that. Obviously, um, you can't do that. And, and uh, uh, you know, I think we got to be real smart, you know, everybody that we add to the thing. And I want to make sure they're on board with what I'm about. And, and that's usually because they've seen us a lot and they've really done their, their homework with us. And they've been on campus a bunch of times. So I'm very Larry to have a kid commit to me that hasn't walked around our campus and met my team. You know, in sauce practice or sauce playing the game, like I, I don't think that's a good formula. Yeah. Um, that's smart. Unfortunately, for, we had to do recruiting. we had to do a little bit of that this year. A couple guys didn't even get on campus, but we built the relationship. Uh, you know, and they, and they know most of our guys because they're kind of local, so that that kind of helps. I do have a question. I I could answer it for you because I know you'll never leave here. But did Coach Beichel, did UConn reach out to you before hiring Hurley? Is in our chat right here. Uh, I'm sure UConn's always going to reach out to you, right? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot right now. <laughs> hey, you got to put a whole Scarlet Nation to ease you. right now. Hey, hey good. The only <laughs> guy who wants to reach out to me is Pat Hobbs. So yeah. I, I love Rutgers and, and all that stuff. Like, I'm one of those guys. They gave me an opportunity, and I'm so thankful for that. And we're building a great program. There's no reason to go anywhere else. You know, it's a great state. There's great people. We're building great facilities. We're in the best league in the country. And I don't think people really realize that. If you want to challenge yourself as a coach, like one night I'm up against Tom Izzo, the Hall of Fame coach. And, you know, then the next night you're up against, you know, Fran McCaffrey who's won a zillion games. And John Beeline was at Michigan. And now it's Jawan Howard. You know, Matt Painter's 19 years at Purdue. I mean, he's won a zillion championships in Wisconsin and, you know, like this is the best, you know, it's the best league with the best coaches and the best programs. I'm just very thankful that, you know, Rutgers wants to keep me around because I think, hey, Goody, before I got <laughs> oh, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, just you lose your coach. first game next year, they're going to yeah. be hiring a new basketball coach. <laughs> 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 yeah. You're right. You're going to want to hire one after that game too, probably. Yeah. No, I, I love it. You know, I love it. Let's let's have some fun with it, man. Let's – uh. I'm going to hit you a couple things here. One word answer, right? If you could have one intangible, this yeah. is a seven footer perimeter shooter. Someone who's just tough as all get out. Now I think you already signed a seven footer, so you might be good there or somebody who could help your bench. You got one, one choice right now. Someone oh, to help the bench. Right now someone to help the bench for sure. Yeah, if I had one choice right now, um, you know, good chemistry guy. You know, we're going to lose that. We lost that with a quasi Yaboa, just a great teammate, you know, worked hard, you know, and, and got along with everybody. You know, that's one of the big things. But I like my team, so I'm really not. I just I love want to make sure they're all working. Like, I, and I feel like we've got the tools, you know, and, and we've got a seven-footer that could block some shots, too, to go along with the – uh, Miles Johnson. We're going to have two shot blockers, which yeah. is exciting to me. We can do different what things with those guys. I was going to ask you, you know, like if you, if we're recruiting and, you know, who do you want to come in the room? You want a blue chipper, right? We all want a blue chip guy, right? Because they yeah. can win a national title. 
but somebody who could fill out a couple weights like that, that stuff is like golden. Somebody could wrestle two weights and is there for you. And this guy got hurt. You're a fill in guy, this guy, and not only just be there, but be successful. Right. Those guys are, are hard to find. And, And maybe it's more than just a sixth man. Maybe for you coach, it's your ninth guy off the bench and you play a lot of guys, but for us, Man, if we could find that guy that could wrestle both weights and not only just wrestle a couple weights, but be ultra successful, be ultra successful. And they're kind of hard to come by, right, Ant? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you're doing a better job as years go on finding those guys to fit those roles. But I think it's part of any coach's journey. You know, you figure that out. You think you want this really good recruit and then he ends up getting on campus and getting into some trouble or end up getting off transferring in a year. And then you realize, well, I guess I didn't look at that kid's character and you adjust and – uh you've been doing a great job year to year fixing those little things and we're putting together a better and better and better squad. And I think that's the journey of any great coach, you know, making those little changes year to year and finally putting together that national championship squad. See what I did coach. I teed up Anthony to, uh, to praise me there a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. I I, I agree with that so much. I mean, I I enjoy it. Yeah. We talked to him about that. 114. I remind him of that. Uh, you know, I was like that too, underdogs, and and those kids have a little bit of different edge to them, um, and their agendas are a little bit different. They they've never been, you know, given everything or never been touted, and they have a little bit of hunger, you know. And and I think a lot of our guys that we've gotten have been that way, and that's you know the the way I like it. A lot of times, you know, I never know who's ranking guys and all that. Yeah. I always say that's the most dangerous part. You know, and who can rank a high school kid? Who knows what he has in his heart? Who knows his drive? Who knows when the obstacles get tough, how they're going to respond? And I think sometimes some of those underrated guys have already had to respond to a lot of obstacles and, and fight through it. And I would say the only star that matters is, is at the end of your career, when you get that degree and, and when you keep playing. That's the stars that you want. And uh, when you're in high school getting those rankings and the stars, they don't really – factor into your college career they make it harder for you really uh you know so um you know i've never really been into that i'm into guys that want to be at Rutgers, you know and 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 no matter what the challenges are we you know we're not duke we're not one of those places that has had tremendous success in basketball we're Rutgers, and and we could be like that uh but i want kids that understand that and embrace the challenges that go with it i mean you used to wrestle in maybe one of the worst facilities in the world goody you you know like in your guys embrace that and, and and they became tougher because of the venue and, and what you had to do now. And, and you probably worry. I yeah. worry all the time too. The place is too nice now. Yeah, we worry about like, that a little bit. Heck, during the year we had guys like, listen, coach, can we go over to college having practice? I was like, we're not going to do that, but that's kind of their mindset, what they were thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, all right. Some quick hitters here, Jordan or LeBron. Yep. Uh, I mean, I grew up with LeBron, so, uh, I mean, I grew up with Jordan. I love LeBron. I think they're both great in different ways. Uh, But I grew up, you know, that was my era, and my college teammate, Scott Burrell, played for the Bulls during that time and stuff. So uh, I watched them practice, too. I went to the Indiana Pacers when they played in the the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I grew up not only that, Ron Harper's dad was on that team, and, you know, you had a lot of Umba Pippen. I remember watching them practice and just seeing what unbelievable competitors they were. So, um, you know, I got to go go with Jordan, but I really appreciate LeBron's unself. And that's such a good answer because Anthony's like roommate is a huge basketball, a huge sports fan. And we argue every time the documentary's on, Mikey Simmons and myself go back and forth on 
And my argument was always what Jordan did. The people who he had to beat, the people he had to beat to get there in the East is what separates them. And I know LeBron's great and Kobe's great, but I just think of who Jordan had to beat. And it started with Bird, and then it was the Pistons, and then the Knicks, Patrick Ewan's team, and then the Pacers were probably the best ones. So I don't know. For me, it's – and, again, I grew up with them, so that's kind of – I'll tell you what Mikey will say. Mikey will say, you take away LeBron from the Cavaliers, how's their season going to go that year that they won it? You take away uh, Jordan, and they make it successful. Yeah. So, yeah, he thinks if, if without Pippen, like without every Pippen, every Jordan. great team has another player. Yeah. Well, hey, and, and and I'll tell you this: the thing with Jordan is he stayed with the same organization. They weren't good when he got there. He he never went. We go there. We go. I love it. You know, like it was a different time too. Like, yeah, it was a different time, and 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 you see the physicality of the game back then. Like they physically would beat you down now if you, you know, touch a guy, it's a foul. So it's, it's very, it's very different basketball. And, and uh, I just love the fact that, you know, he stayed, his team was built, you know, they drafted, they, you know, made a couple trades. Um, I think nowadays the free agency is like, let's go. And I'm going to take two of my best players with me. And, you know, used to want to fight yeah. those guys, sure. you know, they were the enemy, you know, type of deal. So that's very different in basketball now, but uh, they're both unbelievable. And, yeah. and physically they're, they're like freaks. You know, you just don't, you just don't have those kind of bodies that could do LeBron James is so fast. If you ever saw him practice, I mean, Flies. he's 270 pounds and he's like runs like Jacob wow. Young on our team. That's how fast he is, you know, yeah. like, so they're freaks of nature. Yeah. Who's the best player he ever coached? And, and I'll take you off the hook. Don't put a Rutgers guy in there. Not, you know, who's the best player you ever coached? Yeah, you know, I was fortunate to be at UConn when they had some really good oh, know, yeah. players, and then I coached there. Danielle Marshall was a lottery pick, and, you know, so, um, you know, I, I was very fortunate, you know, to coach a lot of really good players, and, um, you, you know, but uh, I saw a lot of them. I got to coach a lot of them. But Danielle Marshall was a player of the year in the Big East. He was uh, – he could block shots, run the floor, shoot the ball. He's 6'11", played in the NBA for a long time. I played with Cliff Robinson, too. He played in the NBA for 18 years, 19 years, like had a huge career. Um, you know, I was very fortunate. Scott Burrell and, you know, Chris Smith, another great player at UConn, leading scorer all time, you know, Connecticut. And then, oh, yeah. uh, we're going to start developing some of that yeah. kind of talk. Best player you coached against. Well, uh, you know, I played against Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal his last game at LSU. So uh, it, we beat them in the NCAA tournament. Um, that was yeah. unbelievable. He was a talk about a freak of nature. Um, he just big and so fast, Goody. Um, you know, but I played against and coached against, you know, some some of the some of the greats, Victor Oladipo at Indiana. You know, like uh, I remember him lighting us up when I was at Stony Brook. Um, you know, just some, some terrific, you know, Rudy Gay, we played against them when I was at, you know, UConn guys that we played against when I was at Stony Brook. And now in our league, it seems like every game we play, you you know, there's a pro on the other, on the other team. So those, those challenges are great. I love playing those great players. Uh, He wants to know, did you only pick MJ because of that's your generation? Because he says your explanation, your explanation kind of sounds like you liked LeBron better. 
<laughs> tell your roommate I'm an old loyalty. school guy. Loyalty, so baby. Loyalty. Loyalty. Yeah. Same way. Yeah, I want you to. I don't know if you could rank these guys because you're trying to beat them and trying to kill them, but take Calhoun out of it. Corneseca, Bayheim, John Thompson, Raleigh, Massimino. That's one league. You know, the unbelievable thing was when when I played in the Big East. Yeah, that was yeah. one league. That's Big East, and then throw in Rick Pitino too at Providence. So like. That was every night in that in that league. PJ Carlissimo was at Seton Hall when they were uh, rolling it. I mean, Carneseca, when I first started at UConn, he had St. John's was running the Big East, Georgetown and St. John's, um, and with Bayheim right there too. Um, you know, he had Walter the Chris Berry, and the Walter Mark Berry Jacksons, and I remember Mark Jackson posting me up. It was a nightmare, you know, playing post defense as a six four guard against Mark Jackson. I, I had never been posted yeah. up in high school. I was as big as anybody. And Mark Jackson took me down yeah. to the low post goody <laughs> and Calhoun was like, <laughs> Calhoun was, get him out, get him out, get him out. He can't guard him. Get him out, you lousy. You know, so, uh, you know, I had to face all those guys. John Thompson, that was Pat Ewing. The only Lonzo thing that, Morning, the only thing I was kind of, like really you the know, carrier dome games. was the only, like St. John's played at the Garden. I think Georgetown played their big games off campus, right? Everybody kind of – even UConn, you guys were off campus. You weren't – Yep. they, they didn't did. have that building. Is that right? Yeah, so Hart nobody had like a home, yeah, home gym Pacific except Center for the carrier. Yeah. I mean, the hardest place Very to dome. play, if you're a shooter, was the carrier dome. It, you know, it had the weird background. It had the um, – you know, you had to go through certain doors and the wind and – you know, just all the things that keep the carry dome afloat, the air in it, and, and the way that circulated. Um, and they always use these basketballs. They had the best athletes. I felt like Syracuse Georgetown had the best athletes. They would pump these basketballs up. So, like, if you were a good shooter, man, or tough places to shoot, and they had the best athletes, so they would run and get the most dunks and rebounds, and, and they had really a, a huge home court advantage. Um, the carry oh, yeah. has always been close. They have 30,000 people there screaming at you. So, um, yeah, crazy, crazy places. But all Hall of Fame coaches. So I don't know how you decide. Yeah, it's tough. Patino, I was a big Raleigh guy because know, his grandson was in my class. We were in the same class. Yeah, yeah, so I would say, hey, does Bill. And, and, and yeah. Raleigh, yeah, unbelievable coach. Unbelievable coach. Yeah. Um, coach, so, hey, you have anything? Yeah, Wasn't I got one easy. more question. Not as serious. Um, one thing that you look for in a recruit outside of basketball, um, not looking really for like just good grades. I'm looking for like, I don't know, something you're looking for that's different. That's outside the cusp, uh, a little unique, maybe that, that makes you committed. Like, Oh, this is the kind of kid I want, or this is the kid I don't want. Yeah. You know what? I, great families. I, I'm telling you, it's a huge part of this, like, and, and I'm blessed, um, you know, my players, you, you know, Montez Mathis's family and Paul Mulcahy's family and Ron Harper's family, you know, like, I think you have to have great families. I, I, I really believe that because it is a journey and everything's not going to go uh, right for every guy all the time. You know, college is hard, you know, and, and I really try to do, you know, a great job recruiting great kids from great families and then their basketball abilities factor in, obviously, but. I think that's an important part of 
of, of this, um, you know, and, and figuring out, um, you, you know, in the recruiting process. So I love toughness and I love guys with that will, but, you know, I think the people around them, you know, you know positivity, like surround them with, you know, like I think these journeys are great, you know, and, and these kids are treated great and they're at great universities in the best league in the country and the most televised and fan watched league. But with that comes a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of tough times. You're not going to win every game. I like to tell people you are, you're not going to win in this league. This, this was considered the best league in the history of the big 10 basketball. So like, you're not going to win every game. You could be really good. I thought Minnesota was a great team this year. I think they have two NBA draft picks and, and, you know, they finished 11th in the league. And I, I think if they were in any other league, I think they would have finished in the top four, you know, like it's, it's not that they weren't great. It's yeah. just that the league was like unbelievable. You know, so you're not going to win every game. We know that all too well, right, And I mean, that Big Ten wrestling conference is incredible. We finished ninth in the country two years ago. We finished ninth in our – or eighth in our league. It's like – it's crazy. So, yeah, you're going to – these guys are going to get beat. They're going to lose matches, and that's part of it. And you got to stick to the course, stay to the course, and understand there's going to be so many ups and downs. But the league – the league's what makes it, though. Like, why would you want to go through what these guys through and not – either wrestle or play ball at the highest level, at the highest level. So that's kind of how we recruit it and kind of what we think about. I just don't – I don't know why you wouldn't want to do it in the best conference. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I sell that too. I mean, one of the great things that Rutgers did, and I know schools would beg to be in the Big Ten, like we got in the best league, and it's the best academic league too. So it's not just – I mean, these schools are elite schools. My daughter's at Northwestern. It's an unbelievable school. Michigan, these, these places, and so tradition, great academics, great basketball. And then you factor in we're the most televised league. We got Big Ten Network, you, you, you know, and, and, and the basketball and wrestling league. Like, I watch the wrestling on it. I love it. I see the fans, and I'm like, how could you? If, you to, if you're one of the wrestlers, you want to challenge yourself at the highest level, it's right here. It's right here in New Jersey. And, and, and you could take advantage of it. But that's the honor of playing in a league like this. And then you see what we're doing on the academic side and the medical side. Goody, how about pandemic, we're, I know. We're, we're at the forefront of the pandemic right now, trying to yeah. testing kids, Rutgers. I'm so proud when I see that stuff. I mean, our research teams and, and the hospital and all the work that they're doing, you know, it's going to be saving lives. And I know all the universities across the, you know, Big Ten, uh, are doing great listen, things medically. Too, listen, to Coach, the, you are that. a huge reason oh, why students want to get back on campus. Coach Yano is a huge reason. I mean, the athletic structure is a huge part of the college experience, and people want to get back there for basketball uh, because of everything you've done. We are so fired up you join us. Man, we've been going for an hour and ten minutes. Uh, it's all – and it goes so fast because I'm, I'm writing notes right now just <laughs> listening to you because I'll, I'll steal and take some things from you for sure. I know Anthony – no, no, hey, no, no, no. So I was just fortunate enough to coach this guy. I've won nothing. So uh, until we until we hoist the trophy, we're going to keep working. So I got one more for you. And we do this. We kind of do this with all our guests. And then we'll let you go. Let you get back to your guys and your family. Uh, you're stuck on an island for six months. And you don't have to add your wife to this. She's already invited. You're allowed three people to bring to the island. Who are you bringing and why? <laughs> Oh, I mean, the first guy I'm bringing is Jim Calhoun. You know, I've been blessed. And the toughest guy I can tell you that I've ever been around. And, and uh, 
he's still coaching. He's 78 years old, and he's coaching Division Three program in, in Connecticut. Like, the passion, the, the drive, but he's maybe one of the greatest people, you know, too, that I ever, you know, that I've ever, ever been around, um, you know. So he would definitely be one of the first guys you wow. know, that I pick in the boat. And then I'm picking Pat Hobbs. We've been through a lot together, and, you, you know, we've been through a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, I think yeah, the job that incredible leadership. Through, and, incredible. and the job with this pandemic, because I mean, there, there, there's no, there's no uh, you know, book that has how do you handle a pandemic. It's hard enough, all the issues that you have to handle with budgets and with all the different agendas that he deals with. But, you know, he's been by my side, all the losses and, 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 and the wins. And, and, and I love, I just love his energy. And think about, he's had to build a program. Um, you know, basketball wasn't very good. Football wasn't very good. You know, raise money. You guys were good. Women's basketball was good, but he's had to raise money to build new facilities when when two sports that get a lot of attention weren't very good and he's been able to raise money and you know the APC and and and, and the Rodkin Center that's going to be all the things that we've needed he's done during a tough time at Rutgers Athletics too winning wise for for the two programs um you know so the job that he's done has been you know unbelievable and then you know Goody I got I saw that yeah. my brother I have a brother that was a walk-on with me at UConn and he's the best yeah, he's the best, and, and we've been, you know, best friends forever. And he travels to every game. He was out in Indianapolis. He, like, he, he, he now uh, uh, comes, supports, and he knows basketball, too. He's a great, you know, sounding board, you know. So I'm, I'm lucky. I have a lot of people in my life. I could probably fit 20 people in that boat, including yep. my assistant coaches. And I'll, I'll put some players in there, too, you know. But, uh you know, those awesome. three people have been people that, you know, I know I can lean on and, and they're they're always going to be there for me. That's and awesome, they, Coach. They and any closing thoughts? Now, now before you leave, though, uh, you guys you guys fans can watch The Wrestling Room on streaming platforms. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and tune in. Don't forget to pre please press the like button and subscribe to the channel to stay up to date. Um, just a little press we got to throw in there. Y'all also <laughs> talking Coach. school. I, I'm a grad today. I got my guy. I got my graduate hat next to me. I'm ready to go virtual graduation after That's this. Big time! Congratulations. <laughs> you're you're doing you're doing I'm, my school. I'm doing virtual graduation with a from. couple of global. Let's go. Yeah, Let's go. So you got coach man, I, I wisdom, or maybe you guys can give me some. Did they give you a cap and gown to throw on? Ah. What was that? <laughs> No, they didn't give me anything. I can't wait, but, you know, I can't wait I, to hear from you, you guys in an hour and a half. You guys earned it, not me. Yeah. Listen, man, I appreciate you. There you go. Appreciate I'll, you coming I'll on. I know the fans love it. They love you. We're we're uh, we're thankful for you and have an awesome day. Keep staying safe. Keep pushing that. Everybody, stay home because we got to get back there in September. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Hey, guys, I appreciate yeah. it. Let's do this <laughs> again. And, uh, All right, buddy. We'll see I'll you. I'll buy the coffee the next time. Yep. That went good, man. That was uh, Thanks, that was pretty cool. It goes so fast, man. I could sit there and pick that dude's brain forever. Yeah, he's a, he's a good mind. And it, just just the way he deals with certain questions and steering them in the direction he wants them, uh, he's, really, yeah. he's really good at – I don't know if it's the way he wants them or he's just super – just like maybe he's just oblivious and he doesn't realize he's doing it even. Yeah. But he's, I just I when I think of him, he's just super super patient. You know, he seems super patient, and 
I know he's got to be dying to get back. Cause like basketball, like he needs, he's made a living on getting those guys back to campus and they're there all summer. They're training and just like we do, you know, just like we do. So I'm sure he's just dying to get back with his team and get those guys back. Yeah. And he's had, so like, I think about things I say to kids when I'm coaching them and it's really just things I've heard that I got like from my coaches through the years. And um, he's just been around so many great athletes so many great coaches he's probably just had so many great lessons passed down to him and you you just you see it shining through him and the job he's doing at Rutgers and the jobs he's he's done before this yeah give me a uh give me a quick update on your brother where's he at with the baby hopefully they have the baby tonight Jess is in labor right now my sister-in-law's in in labor so uh, wow yeah he's hunkering down maybe he's listening to us in the waiting room or in her in her room um last I heard is he was just hunkered down. He texted us this morning that uh, she would, everyone was healthy. They were hoping to make progress and that she would uh, give birth to a, a beautiful baby by the night, by tonight. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and can Billy be there or Billy, Billy can't be there. Right. I haven't gotten many updates and on that. Um, they were, yeah. they were dealing with some things going into it. I don't know what, uh, what the circumstances yeah. are right now and things are changing minute by minute with the, uh, with the pandemic, if there's people coming in emergency situations, you know, um, so they're fortunate. They're safe right now in a room and uh, Robert Wood Johnson right at Rutgers. So, uh, good, you know, Rutgers, just like we were talking about great medical team there. Great, uh, yeah. great research team. And that's where my brother and my sister-in-law tr- trust uh, for having their baby. So. Awesome. Yeah. What else? How the, how's the room doing? How the roommates? They good. They're good, man. Everything's good. What's going on with you? How you been doing? I've been doing good, you know, just getting through, you know, it's been a tough week. So, uh, with my, with my passing on my dad, but it's been awesome. I, you know, this is a good opportunity to thank everybody from Rutgers and the administration and really every, I've heard from every head coach and a lot of fans and donors. And, you know, anytime you lose a parent, it's hard. And my dad was pretty big in this community. So, uh, we got to share some really, really cool stories and, and it's, it's been hard, but uh, it's life. We move on and that's the way he'd want me to do it. And, I thought it was pretty important. I come on this show and be with you and it's been an awesome hour and 20 minutes now. And I'm going to probably go out and play some golf here. We got a, we got some good weather coming. Yeah, That's pretty good. So I'll go out on the course and play to play some, play some golf and try to enjoy myself for a little bit and settle down and get ready for the weekend. My mom texted me. She said, uh, Billy could be there for labor and delivery may have to leave after the birth though. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think about the hospitals, that was the hardest thing for m- my dad. You know, he was alone, right. They wouldn't let anybody in. And that was the hardest thing for our family, not being able to go see him. I can't even imagine your mom and dad not wanting to see that baby coming in or at least, yeah. at least just be there and, and get a yeah. chance to see him. So that's gotta be pretty darn hard, but yeah, for sure. soon enough, soon enough, he'll be home and for sure. it'll be a happy asphalt. Yeah. I know. I know I'm happy. Uh, and I know the fans are happy to hear from me this morning, coach. And I mean, I'm sure your dad'd be happy, man. This is this is who you are, you know. This is yeah. the kind of person you are. You're not gonna change, you know. You just this. I I text you, you know, one speed. You got one speed. You only know one, yeah. uh, one way. Yeah, it's the kind of person you are. So uh, I think he'd be proud of you. It, it's it's you know it sucks the reason why, but it's pretty cool to hear from all the people. You know, he coached. He didn't just coach wrestling. He coached football and probably baseball was his biggest sport. So. Every one of my friends growing up, he coached, and every one of my brother's friends, these guys are 52, 53 years old, and they're calling me up like tears, crying, like, because they haven't seen him in such a long time, you know, and 
And then we just start telling them some crazy, crazy stories and it's all good. But yeah, he's touched a lot of people's lives and that's, you know, in that way, he's a big hero of mine, man. Just being able to touch all those lives through one thing or another. And uh, sports was a big thing for us in this town. And yeah, this is, he'd want me to come on and, you know, my, it's been great to hear from a lot of people. That's really all I could say on it. And yeah. we're moving on, man. We're moving on and he'd want us to do it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I know we're going to wrap up here, but good, good, uh, Reminder to you guys that you guys could come face to face by pressing the green fan line button while watching the fan cred app. And you could come talk to us uh, face to face. I mean, coach Pike was great. We went an hour, 15 hour, 10 minutes. So I don't know if we're going to yeah. be taking any callers right now, but uh, for the, for the future, you know, you could get on there prehand too, if you get in there before and try to get on, I don't know what our producer will do if we will let you through, but you can give it, you always give it a shot. I think maybe next week we do a show where it's just all people calling in or coming on, you know what I mean? Coming on. And yeah. uh, I feel bad. We didn't get to Harry Turner's question. I knew how Pikes would answer it, but Harry Turner wanted to know being a young coach, how do you go about, how do you balance throwing your guys to the wolves and getting them some success when you're building, like he's starting out a program. It's his first year. And he would say, put him in the fire, man, put him in the fire. Like he puts all those freshmen, make them wrestle the best guys. And, in the long term, and that's kind of my advice I give to him. In the long term, he's going to be better for it, even if it takes to the national tournament. I know he doesn't. We go through that too, man. You don't want to go through a Big Ten season and lose, lose, lose. You lose that confidence. You may lose a career. So it's it's a fine line, and you got to play that fine line. And that's probably the biggest thing you get from why wouldn't you wrestle a freshman, and or why are you going to start a true freshman? And listen, sometimes they don't need a red shirt; they need to go. So. That's what I would tell Harry, and I'm sure Pikes would say the same thing. You know, basketball players rarely redshirt anyway, so it's put them in the fire, and they don't really have much say with their schedule. Right. You know, they're going to play the Big Ten, 30 games, and that's who you're playing. That's what I was going to say to Coach Pikel, man. Like, if you're going to come to Rutgers and survive a year and two years and not be the starter, not be the guy, but still come and show up, like, you're tough. You're a tough guy. Dealing with what yeah. you deal with at, uh, with Rutgers Athletics through critics and people that support you, don't support you. Uh, teammates just it's hard nose at Rutgers man it's a jersey it's the jersey way jersey tough and um, whether it's teammates coming at your necks at practice or all, out of practice calling you out um, I think it's always honest accountability at, at a school like Rutgers and um, yeah. sometimes they keep you a little too accountable if you lose one game they want to fire you but uh, it's definitely definitely something I look for in a, in a Rutgers athlete you know I, I expect them to be tough coming from Rutgers yeah so. that's the best thing about having you in a room around these guys too. You're not afraid to tell them, nah, man, that isn't a good practice. You're not tough enough. You're not, you're not training hard enough. You got to fight. And when you're hurting, when you're hurting, that's when you got to go another gear and the best ones do it. And it's, we're not trying to be jerks. And I don't think you're trying to be yeah. nasty or jerk or it's tough love. And no, you want to get to a certain level. This is what you need to go through. And it can't be one day, yeah. right? It can't be one day. It's, there's got to be consistency to it. Yeah. Well, I think way too many people in that transfer portal, like you said, it's just like, like yeah. they're running from, they're running from themselves themselves. It seems like to me, they're just looking for the, the easier, easier route, easier coach that maybe will put them in the lineup with a little less work. Yep. So. You're right. Everyone wants to start right away. And I kind of liked it looking back now and I get it. You have one side, like the Jay Billis side, who's going to say, well, they're a 17 year old kid who they don't know how to make a decision. They're allowed to transfer. And when we were getting transfers, a couple of them, I was like, yeah, he's right. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, guys want to like leave your yeah. team. You're like, well, they should be penalized a little bit. If a coach can leave, why can't they leave? I don't know. It's, it's a, it's, 
it's I'm kind of up in the air on it, but there's just too many people just get in a portal and go. Not only can you go, you can go and wrestle right away. There's like the next week. Crap, man, you could be going the next week. So I don't know. There, there's got to be, and maybe it's more of a wrestling football thing. There's got to be some type of rule in there where you can't just get up and go and be ready to go right away. But that's just my opinion. Me too. I agree with that. You know, yeah. it's tough to see like a guy like I'm teammates with like Pete Lapari and then he transfers to Ryder and we got to like, I'm still team Rutgers. We got to go wrestle him and he's a friend and it is what it yep. is, but it's like just a crazy situation. You're like, dang, like three weeks ago, he's or not three weeks ago, but like two months ago, he's in the wrestling room wrestling with us. And now he's, he's yep. the enemy. Um, so it's yeah. just crazy, crazy how it could be like that. Pete actually reached out to me this week. It was actually good to talk to him. I appreciate him for that. So still a good dude, man. We recruited him. He's part of our program. It's, I get it. It happens. I love Tyson Dippery left, right? Still love him to this day. Talk to him all the time. So it's, I get it. It it is. I just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Enough of that. Let's, uh, let's start game planning for next week. You know, let's, uh, you and I put our heads together and see what we come up with. Maybe we just bring people on. I'd love to get Pritzloff on. Yeah. Maybe we get Donnie on. I haven't seen him in a while other than our Zoom calls, but, uh, Maybe we'll do a little bit of that, but I'm sure the fans will chime in. They'll want someone. Yeah. I still try to get Greg. I talked to Greg, but I, I never really pulled the trigger on asking him. Just we talk business, and he's busy, so he's yeah. doing a lot more meetings than I am. So he's meeting maybe we'll all, get him on one one day. Yeah, he's meeting with everyone he's got to meet with virtually too, so it's probably a little bit more. Yeah, busy. yeah. I think those guys are in a lot of uh, Big Ten meetings, you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Big Ten yeah. meetings. Well, this was a good show, man. I think we should wrap yeah. it up here. Um, yep. I really enjoyed it, man. Uh, hit, hit it straight today. Maybe you, you break uh, Maybe you break 80 today. Bring some I'm breaking 80 today, man. It's a big – I got a big match. I, I went on a run this morning. I sent uh, Dirk in a message because I knew it was like 520 that – it was 8. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's 520. Get yours yeah. in yet? <laughs> <laughs> we got to send him pork roll. Let's not forget that. We'll send him a roll of pork roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it out to him. Yeah. I got so much good feedback from that show. It's been incredible. So good stuff. The fans love it. Let's keep doing it. All right, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Give me a text when Billy has his baby. Sounds good, man. I'll send you a pic. All right. See you.